And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Welcome to You Asked For It, our final week um, of this series. I hope that it has been a, uh, a blessing for you and uh, that it's been a, a season of kind of growing and um, kind of recognizing some areas in our life that, that tend to be a hindrance uh, in us becoming all that God has created us to be. And hopefully these are kind of helping to, to narrow that gap a little bit. If, uh, if today is your first time, you're just kind of joining into this series on the back end, it's no problem. Um, each one of these messages is kind of a standalone message on a different topic. Um, but the idea behind the series is that we've been kind of following Jesus's model where uh, a lot of what he taught in scripture was in response to the questions that uh, the crowd, the people that were following him were asking. And so, um, so we took a survey on Easter Sunday and uh, took all of your responses. And, uh, and then we began to pray through uh, those responses and asking the Holy Spirit, okay, out of all of these responses and the question that we, we kind of built that survey around is, what, you know, what are, what are some of the things that, that um, hinder uh, your relationship with the Lord that kind of keep you from getting uh, as connected to God as you would like to? And, and so we've asked the Holy Spirit to lead us um, as we've kind of pulled out these topics out of all of, of the responses. And so uh, over the last uh, six weeks, we've talked about how to get out of, out of a spiritual rut. We've talked about how to thrive, how to make it through difficult seasons. You talked about how to have uh, healthy relationships. We talked about how to hear God's voice. Um, we talked last week about priorities. That was fun. Um, that was a heavy word last week. Um, uh, and it kind of makes me think that there was this guy named Jim Durden at our church. She had mentioned in the land where Mike played bass for Andrea. And there was this guy named Jim Durden that was one of the ushers. And um, he started, uh, and her dad was the pastor, and he, you know, anytime he would preach a message that was really convicting, he would come that next Sunday with Band-Aids on the toes of his cowboy boots. <laughs> and he'd just be like, Pastor, you, you stepped all on my toes last week, but they're healing back. Uh, and last week kind of made me think of that. It was just, you know, it's a heavy message when we talk about our priorities and making sure that we're putting God first in uh, every area of our life. But uh, if you missed any of those, uh, we'd encourage you to uh, check out the podcast or our YouTube channel, uh, and you can watch those. Um, but today, we're going we're gonna to kind of conclude the series uh, by talking about um, a topic that I think, uh, I think we can all uh, say that we've had some... Uh, some wins and some losses in. Uh, we're going to talk about marriage today. We're going to talk about how to, to build a healthy marriage. And it's so important for us to understand that if you, if you aren't married at this point, or maybe you're wanting to be, or you really don't want to be married at this point, um, you know, you can still learn and glean. But I think understanding that the attack of the enemy against Christian marriage right now is so prevalent that we as a body of believers, whether you're married or not, can have answers um, to questions that maybe others would come up to us and ask. And, and also just knowing that this, it, it really is, it, it can be a beautiful relationship. It can be a great relationship. I know that, um, we talked about it uh, before. We've been going through this, and um, we've shared with people that if Ryan and I aren't doing well with the Lord, then Ryan and I are not doing well together. Um, so as we grow closer to the Lord, Ryan and I grow closer to each other. It's, a, it's a, like a triangle. If he's on one side, I'm on the other side, and God's at the top. We need to push toward the Lord so we can grow closer together, because we did realize that whenever we are not living um, I want to say living for the Lord, but really striving after God. We, we don't do that well together. Um, we get on each other's nerves. We argue. We, um, and I remember one time, one of the things that we try to do is before we come up onto the stage or, or come up on a Sunday morning or to share, uh, to lead worship or anything, we we don't want any arguments between the two of us. And that's just something that my parents shared with us is like, get it fixed before you get up here. Don't, from here, don't, 
you know, whatever baggage you've had from the week, don't bring it up here. Get it fixed before. And then maybe we have to have a talk or something before we get up here. But I remember one time we didn't take the advice of my parents, and this was just a couple years ago, not here. Um, A couple years ago, um, we got into an argument literally right before we both walked down to church on a Sunday morning. He was preaching. I was leading worship. And he struggled. I, you know, of course, I was still a little sassy at the end of it. I was like, I wasn't struggling at all. I had no problem. <laughs> um, but it was something that we, we got done with that Sunday. And we just didn't feel like we had given the people Jesus the way we could have had we been strong together. And so that's one of the things that I remember, like we try to work out those arguments before. So don't think that like we don't have arguments. We definitely do. Um, but we do try to deal with them before we walk up. I on even the told stage. her Monday, I said, you know, this is marriage week. So you know what to expect. Yes. Arguments I, and no, tension no. and frustration. And <laughs> so we were, we, it was on the radar. But that's not what happened because you said that on Monday and then you just kept trying to be like, remember marriage, remember marriage. I was like, seriously, stop. Like we're actually I don't actually know why I wanted to tease her more I this know, week like, than normal. But, he teased uh, me all week long <laughs> and I was like, you're wanting to pick a fight. Um, but we do want to talk today about how to build a healthy marriage. And we do not know all the answers. Listen, we have gleaned and heard from, we sit in front of people that have been married 50 years and we want to know, how are you still in love with each other? How did you make it through? What were the things that you would like to go back and change? And I encourage those of you that are young married or even like us, we've been married now for 22 years, find some wiser uh, men and women of the faith that you can sit in front of and say, how did you do this? What, how did you navigate having small children? How did you navigate your children leaving the house? And so this is, these are things we've just learned. We've taken classes. We've read books. We've been in counseling. We, I mean, we have worked at this. I'm just glad you didn't ask me how many years we've been married. I know. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I was a little worried about that no. one. All right. Let's grab our Bible. Uh, let's grab our Bible. And uh, we're going to be looking at uh, two passages of scripture today from Genesis chapter two and Matthew seven. So you can put your finger in Genesis two or take one of those connect cards, the green and white connect cards and put it in Genesis two. And then uh, we'll go to Matthew seven first. But um, let's do our uh, prayer, congregational prayer. Uh, before we get started today. So say this with your best voice with me. Father, as as I open your word today, speak to me. May I have ears to hear, a heart to receive, and the courage to respond in Jesus' name. Amen. So I grew up, uh, my parents have been married for over 50 years and they were in ministry together. And so I grew up um, with this idea of marriage. And so my dad was um, really the mother hen of, of our family. He was the communicator. He loved to talk. Anytime we would get into a disagreement or something like that, I would come home from school and he would have something, uh, you know, on, a, on my bed, you know, just to, you know, I love you or a car or he was just always very flowery and I had a wonderful father that uh, that would just shower me with love and attention and not that you didn't shower me with love and attention but I thought all men were that way (laughs) and they're not Um, so when we got married I had this expectation of you were going to wake up early in the morning. We were going to sit and have coffee. We were going to talk at about 530 in the morning over the sports page because that's what my dad and I did. And um, that didn't happen. And but instead what happened was I had never really got I, I don't remember ever being as angry until I got married. Like, I didn't even know that emotion existed. Like, my family and I, we would just talk out our problems and we would get frustrated with each other. But like, does anybody, I mean, I, I hope I'm not the only one, but have you ever like gotten like angry? Like, yeah. And when you've never felt that emotion to that extent before, it's like, I mean, I, we don't believe in violence, but we have a video here for you that just shows kind of how I felt. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, isn't that how marriage looks like sometimes? Everybody acts it's all like perfect on the outside, but sometimes that's what marriage kind of looks at, especially like that last part where he thinks that all it's is all, good. And it's, then, never, boom, it's never right over until she says it's done. <laughs> oh, well, the reason why... Um, the reason why we titled today's uh, message around the question, how to build a healthy marriage, um, is because having a healthy marriage takes work. Yeah. Hello? It doesn't just happen. It's not just something that we can wish that would happen well. It's something that, that really takes a lot of work. And for me, the, the way that I kind of um, envision marriage and kind of understanding how to build a healthy marriage is by looking at how a house is kind of instru- um, constructed. That um, any good house is going to start with a solid foundation, right? Um, it's going to have a solid foundation that is there. And then you're going to begin to kind of construct the walls around the house. You've got to have the walls in place before it will support the weight of the trusses and the roof. You've got to have the foundation and the walls in place before it makes any sense whatsoever to start investing in decorations and paint colors and furniture and all those things to make your house feel like you. And it's really the same way in marriage that there has to be the solid foundation that marriage is built upon. And then we have to have these kind of um, these walls or pillars that are in place uh, in order for our marriage to be healthy. So go ahead and open to Matthew chapter seven, and we're going to start with the foundation. And so in Matthew chapter seven, and we're going to read out of the NIV, it says, therefore, this is verse 24, therefore, Anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains came down when I was reading through this and the floods came up, the rains came down and the floods came up, like (laughs) rains came down and the floods came up and the house on the rock stood firm. Miss Donna does not. And so as the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall. And why didn't it fall? And it's right after this, because it, it had its foundation on the rock. The foundation is the most important is the most, if there is a crack in your foundation, your house will not stand. What you build your life. And this is, and this isn't just relationships or marriage, but what you build your life on matters. That strong foundation. We are not smart enough to figure it out ourselves. We better have the God of heaven sharing with us and telling us how to build a strong foundation. Verse 26 says this, but anyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains came down and the streams rose and the wind blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. The reason why marriages are crashing around us, listen, is because the foundation is not on God. It has a wrong foundation. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what this foundation is. So the solid foundation that we want to build our our marriage upon is God and his word. Mm -hmm. So God and his word is the foundation that we want to build our house on. And, And the reason why we say we say God is part of that foundation. Obviously, the priority, we want to put him first in our lives. But on a marriage, kind of from a marriage perspective, is that um, we all have needs coming into a relationship. We have needs that are, are needs that are wired within us, just kind of based off of our personality. If you've ever um, read the book, The Five Love Languages, um, they'll show you that um, that we receive love in certain ways and they're different um, sometimes than our spouse. 
And so we have these needs, but then we also have this experience from our past. We've got, we've got pain, we've got disappointment, we've got the times that we were kind of let down, we've got good experiences like with your dad and, and, and those. We've got all of these experiences that we're bringing almost like luggage, like a suitcase with us into the relationship. And here's what happens is oftentimes we look at our spouse as being the one that needs to be the one that fulfills those needs. And so when we look to our spouse as the one to fulfill those needs, our spouse is human. They're not perfect. They're going to fall. They're going to make mistakes. Um, And so we, we get let down. Our expectations aren't met. The tension and the frustration grows because we're looking at our spouse as the one to meet our needs rather than God being the one that meets our needs. And and that's it. I mean, when we're talking about this foundation, that's in life. If you are single today, do not go looking for someone to fulfill your needs. You know, one of the reasons why... Ryan and I, when we, when we came together and we were married, he was whole in Christ and I was whole in Christ. He wasn't perfect in Christ, but his desire was to please the Lord, not to please me. And my desire was to please God, not to please him. Now, I honor him. I, I want to, to have a wonderful relationship with him. But if you are single, do not look for someone else. And especially, please, please, please don't look for somebody that doesn't love Jesus. If I can say it again, please, please, please. Uh, Ryan wasn't a Christian when, when I met him. And I, I want to share this, and I, we, this isn't in our notes, but Ryan was not a Christian when I met him. And I fell head over heels in love with this man. For two years, I prayed for his salvation. Two years. I didn't date him. I didn't... Pers- I, I didn't I wanted him to get saved. Now, here's the thing. My prayers were very selfish. I said, Lord, I want to marry this man, so can you save him? I mean, I don't want him to go to hell, but I really want to marry him. So if you could save him, that we'd, we'd be great. You know, and so please understand that you want to g- come into a covenant relationship with someone that believes this because it's hard enough. Marriage is hard enough when there's two people that are loving and striving after God, let alone someone that you're, you're trying to pull along with you. And so I just encourage you in that. Um, and we have a, a statement up here because the second part of that foundation, so we have God and we have his word. The second part of that foundation is God's word. And church, I don't think it's a coincidence, and we have this statement, that many marriages are destined to fail in a society that rejects God's word and his plan for marriage. It is not a coincidence that many marriages are destined to fail in a society that rejects God's word and his plan for marriage. This is why it's important. Usually, you know, Sunday mornings, is that a time to share about marriage? Well, yeah, it is. Because if the world is attacking the covenant of marriage, then we need to share what the word of God says about marriage. Um, The stats for divorce are really um, heartbreaking. Before COVID, we were at 50%. Before COVID, we were at 50%. And uh, people predict that following COVID, we will see exponentially more divorces coming out of, of the stats, coming out of the season. Because everybody's spending more time together. <laughs> <laughs> you locked in the house with that person. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's not funny. It's not. But, it, but we're, we're seeing the stress of what the world is pushing on us today, and it's affecting the, the foundation of marriage. Yeah, and so, um, so these stats, they shouldn't really be a surprise because Jesus was pretty clear, right, in Matthew chapter 7, that if we want a healthy marriage, that we've got to build that on him, and we've got to, to build it on his word. And so let's take uh, a few minutes, and we're kind of having to rush through it. Um, uh, we might need to unpack this more in a series later, but um, let's construct. So we're going to construct the walls around the foundation uh, for a uh, for a healthy marriage, so turn with us to Genesis chapter uh, two, and we're going to look at verse twenty four through twenty five. And these are um, these are the the very first words that God ever spoke about marriage are found in Genesis uh, chapter two, and they come on the heels of God uh, creating Adam and Eve, and and it's two short verses. 
but we find four really powerful principles as it relates to what a biblical marriage um, should look like, a healthy marriage should look like. So Genesis chapter 2, verse 24 through 25 says, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Okay, so we're going to unpack that. So the bit. first pillar or the first priority or pillar of marriage is priority. So that's number one. Where are your priorities? Where are our priorities? And um, so we've already laid the foundation. God is first, his word, God and his word. And so where does it, it come next? And so making sure that we understand that the priority in marriage is each other. After God, after his word, it's each human priority. The the first human priority is each other. I've watched how it's easier at first until the kids come along and, and then your, your attention is drawn to the, to the kids. And so making sure, and that's one thing that my mom really shared with, with us and our kids are a huge priority in our lives. Don't, please don't misunderstand me. We have a hashtag that we use as it's family first, uh, our, our family, our children, they are our first ministry. We pour into our children before we pour into you. We love you, but we pour into our home first. And so the first priority is is he and I. Uh, we have three kids, and it was immediately after Journey came along that we realized we were outnumbered. <laughs> and so we have to be a strong unit to stand against the three of them. Like love them, but um, they can they know that they can't come to me and undermine their dad to me. They know that they can't go to their dad and and talk bad or undermine any decision that I've made. We make our decisions together. Our priority is together. And it says here, it says in Genesis 2.24, therefore the man shall leave his father and mother and he shall be joined with his wife and they will become one flesh. We are one. We are making decisions together. Our priority is each other. And um, making sure that we understand that even with with that, he's, you know, he left, he's left his family. We are making a brand new family. doesn't mean that we don't honor our father and our mother. He, please, we honor our, our father-in-laws, our mother-in-laws. It's the promise of God. That means we will have a long and healthy life. And so we honor them, but we understand that we are now a family unit. Yeah. And I think when you look at this verse, when it says leave, Um, the man shall leave his father and mother. Um, One of the things that I think is kind of interesting when you look at that that text is that we know that God isn't just speaking to Adam and Eve when he says um, leaving father and mother because neither Adam nor Eve had a mother, right? Right. Neither one of them had a mother. Like they're the only two people in the history of mankind that don't have belly buttons. (laughs) Right. It was a it was a statement. It was a pillar that was was given for us to to for every person, for every generation that there is this leaving in marriage where you are um, you're kind of cutting the tie. There's the commitment that is between, you know, a son and parents, a daughter and parents that's there prior to marriage. But then when marriage happens, there is a cutting away of that commitment. And that commitment is now to the spouse. And your spouse becomes the priority out of all the different areas of our life. And, and this word uh, leave in the original language, it's the word azab, and it means to, to loosen or relinquish. So it is, a, it is a letting go of that relationship and kind of a reuniting or, or a, a new uh, bond or relationship that is being made with your spouse. And, and I think one of the things that I know um, just in my journey, the temptation as a guy, um, as it relates to priorities, is to um, sacrifice the priority of this relationship um, for, for work, for hobbies, that thing become the priority of, of you know, we kind of reorder all of our life around that. Um, what has it been for you as a, as a lady I, in the house? What's I, the main I think temptation? That for, for me, it's, you know, kids. You know, my kids, I, I love them. I, I love spending time with them, doing things for them. I want them to have experiences. And so I kind of 
place that. Um, and then, yeah, I guess, I guess for me, it, it, it would be even my parents, you know, especially early on in our marriage, I remember calling my mom and wanting to complain about you to my mom. And my mom was like, yeah, you're not talking about my son-in-law. And I was like, wait, like you had me, like I'm, and she was like, no, 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 but I love him. Um, and so, but she loves me too. But, um, and so I think that for me, it was really just the, the kids, are, are a huge part of my everyday life. And so I can have, I have a tendency to, to prioritize that over. So when we think of um, the priority side, we've got this up on the screen, that our spouse doesn't measure our love by what they hear us say. So they're not measuring it by us telling them that we love them. They measure it by um, what we are willing to give up. And so when it comes to priorities, we can, I can say I love you as much as I want to, but when I'm allowing other things in my life to be a greater priority than this relationship, then she, those become kind of words that, that just kind of dissipate. Um, where she feels that is when I'm willing to make a difficult decision and reprioritize my life and put her first, um, that she feels like um, that I love her. And, um, and so when I think of priorities and, and that just kind of wall of beginning to build the, the healthy marriage and, and making this a priority, um, you know, think of it this way uh, before we move to point two is that um, you're investing your, your time and your attention in the marriage, in the priority here, much like you do with, with your finances and your budget right? You're going you're gonna to invest your attention and um, you're going to budget your money to go to certain areas that are a priority, right? Like if you don't budget money to go to, uh, to your house, then you got no place to live. If you don't budget money to your groceries, then you got nothing to eat. Well, if you're not um, investing your time and attention and budgeting that so that you can make this a priority, uh, then it's not just going to happen. Yeah. It takes a little bit of work. So, um, so let's look at the second wall, the second pillar of a healthy marriage. Okay. So the second pillar is pursuit. And so it says in Genesis two twenty four. uh, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And the word joined there means to pursue with all of your energy. That's what that Hebrew word there means. <laughs> So <laughs> this is the hard one because when I think of like the pursuit sidewall, like I remember when, when we uh, first started the date and right before that. Now think about in your marriage relationship, and this is where you're probably going to get a nudge or whatever, but, um, but the pursuit that was there at the beginning of the relationship and over time, what happens is, is there becomes a lack of pursuit. Our priorities get kind of, we got more priorities, we get busier, all those kind of things. And the pursuit begins to wane off. And I think of like when we, um, uh, before we started dating, so I had turned my life uh, over to the Lord, kind of gone through my year and a half of just me and him. Um, I had, um, she came uh, back to school. It was a Sunday night, right? And you're pulled into the church parking lot. I, I went right? to his church on purpose. Like um, he was saved now. So I'm going to his church on Sunday night. I went with my grandparents on Sunday morning, but I was like, maybe I should try this church on Sunday so night. I'm walking up to church, you know, and this is a reason. Listen, if you are single, this is why you need to be in church every Sunday. <laughs> I'm walking up. I'm walking up to the front door of the church. And I see her Jeep pulling up the, the main entrance and it comes right up by the front door. And I look and she's pulling in and I'm like, hey. <laughs> and, uh, and so I told her I'd save a seat for her and I saved a seat for her. You know, I mean, back in those days when you're in church, like especially as a single person, um, uh, you loved it when the pastor would say, hey, grab the hand of the person next to you, right? <laughs> She's like, yes. Um, but, uh, but anyway, um, I digress. Yeah. And so, um, so anyway, I, in that moment for me, it was a moment where I had gone a year and a half and I turned my life over to the Lord and I said, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pursue anything but you, God. And he yeah. became the, that's where I learned about making him the priority yeah. in my life. And I laid everything else at his feet. And in this, in this kind of moment, it was like, 
I knew. Like it was a moment that, that I knew. And I even went to my parents and I said, listen, I feel like she's the one. Like I didn't want to just date um, for dating sake. I wanted the first person that I dated from the time that I got saved to be the one that I married. I didn't feel like wasting my time on the whole dating thing. Like, like let's just focus on on God, what you want, and, and you'll make everything else happen. And so, um, and so anyway, I went to my parents. I said, I think this is the one. She prayed for me for two years. I prayed for her for two weeks. Um, <laughs> so, I said, so for two weeks, I, we prayed with my, I prayed with my parents, and I got, and this is something big, kids, and we're, again, we're kind of getting off a little bit, but um, uh, I went to my parents. I had trust in their ability to hear from the Lord enough that I wanted their, not really their permission, but their blessing. And so I, I asked them to join with me for a couple weeks in prayer. And then, um, and then they felt good about it. I felt good about it. That was kind of a confirmation for me that I'm going to take the next step. And, and then when we went down uh, to meet my parents for the first time, it was kind of the same thing. We were in love, we, but we wanted my parents' blessing. And so it was kind of like we both knew that if my parents didn't give the blessing, we were done. It was that important for us to honor our parents and their love over us um, that we believe, we trusted God, that God would speak to them. And so we are digressing, but I think this is really important for us to like just share. And especially when like our first couple dates and, and things like that, we dated for three months and got married. So it was flowers all the time and cards and, and little notes on my car. I, I would do, I would do uh, letters. So I'm a creative type. And so I would like find cool poems and then we were in college. And so I would put them in our box at the college and she wouldn't know who they came from. And so then I got real creative and I thought, I'm going to start cutting out. I'm going to make a letter, but I'm going to cut out letters out of magazines. Y'all, it looked like build, a serial killer. To build, like, I, I, wasn't I had no clue who like, these were from. And, I, and put, I was like... I didn't put a name on it or anything. So she's getting these cut out like, like magazine letters. And so and, don't do that, fellas. Don't do that. <laughs> like, that's scary. Like... My prayer life went up after that. Like I was single girl in college and you're getting letters in your mailbox with cutouts. Oh dude, it was so sly though because no. <laughs> because all the students would gather in this ped mall kind of central location of the of the college and I was sending her the letters but she didn't know that who they were coming from. And so I would walk up into the ped mall and all she'd be hanging out with her friends and my friends and I'm there in the circle of people that are reading the letter. And they're all like commenting about how weird this is yeah. and who this person is. And I'm standing in the circle. Like, it was uh, awesome. Yeah, okay. We got awesome. to go on. Um, so uh, um, here's, our, here's our thought for this pillar of um, pursuit. So the is, idea, but the idea was is that I pursued you. Yes, you pursued then, me. And the older that we get, the more the kids get involved and yeah. all that, the pursuit begins to fall away. So remember that today, married couples. Remember today how you pursued your spouse and, and go back to that just for a moment. All right. So when we stop working, here's our statement. When we stop working on our marriage, our marriage stops working for us. We have to consistently work on our marriage. Um, the third pillar of part, uh, the third pillar of a healthy marriage is partnership. And I love this one, um, because I feel like this is something that we've done from day one. Um, we honor each other in our strengths and we don't cut each other down in our weaknesses yeah. and we are truly partners. And I, I think that's gotten us through a lot more, like how, losing a house, losing children, like losing, um, we lost three babies and sorry, it still hits me. Sorry. But I think that, um, our partnership that we don't cut each other down in our weaknesses and we stay, we encourage each other, um, has helped so much and has helped us walk through so many dark moments. Um, go ahead. Yeah. And you can recognize, we're going to look at verse 24 here. Um, but you could recognize if you just kind of look back over the journey of your marriage relationship, um, how much the enemy has worked to try to, to separate that unity, yeah. that partnership. 
Um, and it can even be with good things where you guys get, you get so busy, you're doing stuff. Um, decision-making begins to be like one person makes the decisions, the other one follows, and you kind of lose that, the strength of the partnership that's there. And, and, you see, and it's biblical. It's you, biblical because in Genesis 2.24, it says, and they will become one. Yeah. We are one. And so that it's super important for us to remember that, that, that he brings different strengths. And, and, and we do believe that as God has set up the marriage, that, that it spiritually, the husband is the head of the household. We, we believe that. I don't think that's archaic or irrelevant, um, but I do believe that even in that, there's a partnership that really God is number one and, and, and we're working together for that. Yeah, we've, we've kind of learned and what we've seen in scripture is this, this joining together, becoming one, that anything in, in a marriage relationship that is not surrendered into this unity um, really becomes a stronghold that the enemy uses to create separation. That every, everything is, as, you know, I come into the relationship, you come in, like we didn't have any money, but what we did have, like all that stuff, like coming in, there is, there is a, a togetherness now that we are, we're unified moving together, that what we previously owned ourselves, we are now managing together. And, and I think when you look at, at the Bible, you look at even the way that, um, that the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit and the relationship, the union between them is a reflection of what that, that marriage looks like, that you've got um, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that are three um, distinct persons with um, different distinctives in and of themselves. But all God. But all one Godhead. Yeah. That there's, there's these, these three parts become one, and it's this idea of, of this two parts in marriage um, becoming one. And um, really in our, in our home, the way that we've navigated that um, is, is uh, Jesus is the boss, right? And it's her and I trying to tune our ears into what the boss is saying. <laughs> yeah. And we want to align our lives to that. And, um, and so we've discovered in that journey that there's been times that my ears have been tuned in more than hers, times that her ears have been tuned in more than mine. And so because that partnership, that, that union is there, um, we feel like we're able to kind of move in the direction as a married couple that God would, would have us move. And, and uh, we've got this uh, up on the screen, uh, a definition of, of what biblical intimacy looks like as it relates to partnership, that it's when two people so intertwine their lives with one another that one cannot determine where one life ends and the other begins. Yeah. That it is, it is a togetherness, um, a union that's there. And then the fourth, the, the fourth, fourth pillar. Wall. Okay. So the fourth pillar is purity. And so, um, Genesis 2.25 says, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. And that word actually means in the Hebrew to be completely exposed, meaning, and this is where our transparency comes in, even as a church body, because Ryan and I are very real and transparent with each other, mentally, emotionally, um, we share how we're feeling. If, if you're holding back, and this, this goes with all relationships, if you constantly hold back how you're really feeling what somebody is doing something and you're you're holding it back what happens you get resentment toward that person you start to resent them you don't you you, you, you start to have bitterness and anger and hurt towards them when they don't even know what they've done and and we can do this sometimes where we expect our spouse to be able to read our mind or we or we get so upset with them because why are they doing this don't they understand they don't understand unless we share it we have to share it. We have to be open enough and, and content and, and okay enough that we are going to have the tough conversations. Ryan, and, and sometimes, you know, the whole thing of not going to bed angry. Okay, so we know that we don't go to bed angry. It doesn't mean you, don't, you go to bed and everything is resolved. 
It may take days of conversation to resolve the problem, but I'm not going to go to bed angry at him. I'm going to go to bed at peace, knowing that tomorrow morning we're going to start again and we're going to try to work this out. And so it's very important, this word purity, you know, it is a transparency. It is a a complete transparency with our spouse and allowing them to see the the true hurts and pains of our life. And here's the connection with that, with purity, is that when you look at the story of Adam and Eve, um, there was a nakedness that was there before sin entered the picture, right? So they walked around, they were naked. There was a, um, a wholeness in every dimension of their lives. And then when they allowed sin to enter the camp, then all of a sudden there became a covering, a desire to cover And that's how it works in our lives is that um, when sin comes into our lives, it it drives us to want to cover, Cover to hide, to kind of pull it within ourselves, right? And so then we're kind of like almost like we're living this false life because we've got this sin that That just like that nobody knows about that we're kind of we're 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 covering. And so the the pillar of purity is really um, a challenge to, to be on guard um, with the, the things that the enemy would try to come in and to try to sow, you know, discord and bring sin into our lives. Because if we as a married um, uh, partnership, as, as a married couple, if I've got sin in my life that she's not aware of, that I'm hiding, that it ends up eroding... Yeah. The, the foundation of the marriage, the healthy marriage. And so if we want a healthy marriage, we've got to be aggressive in making sure that we're not allowing that stuff to take root in our lives and maintaining the purity uh, that's there in the relationship. And I, I kind of think, um, you know, a couple, I guess it was a month or so ago, um, uh, I came home on a Sunday afternoon at like four or five <laughs> o'clock and um, uh, and the worship team, you guys could, could begin to make your way up. But I came home uh, on a Sunday afternoon, and the front door was wide open to the house. And I come in. Well, I had pulled in the garage door. I didn't notice the front door. I took a nap. That's what it was. Yeah. I took a nap and woke up and walked out into the living room, and the front door was wide open. Well, I'm thinking, all right, who's the joker that's in the house? I'm, I'm locating my firearm and uh, beginning to do my sweep. And what I realized was that when the kids left the house Sunday morning, uh, they didn't shut the front door. And the door had been open the entire day um, on Sunday. And, you know, it makes me kind of think like the enemy doesn't need us leaving all the doors and the windows of our house, our marriage house open in order to, to break in and to burglarize our house. He just needs one opening, yeah. right? He just needs one opening. And, you know, think about what's that one opening in, in your life that you're allowing the enemy to come in and to create strongholds that would kind of undermine the marriage relationship that, that God is desiring in your life. And, and I kind of want to close with this kind of analogy um, is, you know, when you buy a car, especially a new car, um, there's something that comes with that new car that's in the, the, the dash glove compartment um, called an operator's manual, right? And in that operator's manual, uh, the manufacturer has, has laid out all the different components of what is in that vehicle, has laid out what the, the plan is to care for that vehicle and when you're supposed to kind of hit certain, um, you know, at 20,000 miles you do this and at 50,000 miles you do that. And, and it, it lays out, these are the warnings, like, like these are the things that, that when the light is going off, you need to address this and that. And when I think of the marriage relationship, that, that God is the manufacturer yeah. and that he has written the owner's manual, which is his word. And for us to be able to experience a healthy marriage, the marriage that God has intended us to live and to experience in our lives, then we've got to make sure that we're taking care of this in such a way as the owner's manual yeah. states. 
And I think a lot of times in our lives, I think that we get busy, we get moving, we're kind of doing things. And we look at that relationship as being something that's transactional. It's something, it's almost becomes like roommates um, where you've got your responsibilities. I got my responsibilities and we're kind of, we're kind of doing this thing. We're going in the same direction, maybe if we're lucky, but, um, but there's not this kind of central focus where we've realigned our, our lives around Jesus and around his word and focusing on having these walls in our lives, these walls of us being a priority and, and pursuit again. Like we talked about this past week that yeah. um, I've kind of taken the personal challenge that um, I'm gonna start opening your door again. <laughs> you know, I've stopped opening her door. I did that all the time when we were dating and first got married. And then I've allowed just kind of well, life. We, we were happy and, just to get the car seats um, in the car. Like, yeah, I right? mean... <laughs> Everybody just get in the car. Um, but no, I, and, and we have these conversations and we dream together and we have moments where we talk about things that aren't kids and aren't church and is just us. Um, and for those of you that are here today and maybe that your marriage is struggling and there's a couple things we want to share with you guys. And the first thing is this, is that it's not too late. There's, there is no relationship that our Heavenly Father cannot restore. It's not too late. Please, please hear me. It is not too late. He is in the business of restoration. It is not too late. Second thing is, make God and His Word a priority. Make it the foundation of your marriage. We are to walk humbly before the Lord and before each other. We are to honor one another. We are to encourage one another. And sometimes we take that for the person that we really don't know very well, but we forget it about the one that we're supposed to love the most. We honor each other. We encourage one another. We have, we forgive one another. If I'm going to forgive the person, you know, that cut me off when I'm driving here and be like, oh, and give them grace. Maybe they're in a rush. Am I not going to forgive the man that loves me and that has been there for me through thick and through thin? And the second thing is find one of these pillars. And you might think all of them, we were bad at all of them. Okay, well, don't pick one and start there. Lay your foundation and fix one of those pillars and then move to the next. And it's a constant work. We talked about relationships two weeks ago. It is not something that you're gonna get it and it's done. It's something that's a constant where you're always doing repairs on your house, right? Something's always going out that you gotta fix. It's a constant work and it's a constant thing. And and so this morning we wanna do something um, and we usually have prayer at the end and we are gonna invite our um, altar team up at the very end but we want for those of you and I guess maybe we'll just have them stand where they're at but can we have all the married couples in our church just stand right where you're at please oh we love you guys and can you grab the hand if they're here with you can you grab the hand of of that spouse if they're not here that's okay just hold your own hand (laughs) If you're engaged, they can Oh, you know what? If you're engaged, if you're planning on getting married, if you can stand as well. We want to pray over you because we know the attack of the enemy on this union right here. It is an example of the bride of Christ and his return. That's why the enemy doesn't like this. Because we get to show the world together what it means to be with Christ. And so can we pray over you this morning? And then um, Mike's going to lead us in a song. You start. I'll start, okay. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. And we thank you so much for your word. And Lord, we thank you for the relationships that are represented in those that are standing here today. And Lord, I we, first off, Lord, we just ask for sweeter marriages. That Lord, where the enemy has tried to, to convince us that it's over, that Lord, there would be a restoration. That there would be a, a, just a remembrance, Lord, of, of when we first fell in love. 
And Lord, we ask for a solid foundation of who you are in your word. That, Lord, we would go back to remember, Lord God, that you are the author and the finisher of our faith. That our lives truly belong to you. And Lord, I ask in Jesus' name that our children would see strong marriages. That we would give them the beauty of a a husband and wife that are together for you. We ask those things in Jesus' name. Father, we lift up these marriages today and God, the enemy would try to come against and to try to create discord and lack of trust and, and hurt and Lord, none of us are perfect. We all fall short. We all make mistakes. We're all tempted by the evil one. And Lord, that's why you've made forgiveness such a crucial part of who we are as people and followers of you. Lord, I pray over each and every marriage today, Lord, that if there are some things that God have been pulling them apart, Lord, I pray that your sweet Holy Spirit in this moment, Lord, would soften the hearts, would would break the hardened hearts that, Lord, so many times we try to hold on to as a way to try to get back because the, the hurt is so deep and so great. But Lord, I pray that in this moment, Lord, your Holy Spirit would just begin to, to soften the hearts, Lord, and that there would be a, a redemption that is there, that Lord, you are a redeeming God. You've redeemed our souls to you. Lord, we were once in our sinners, Lord, but you saved our soul. And Lord, we we can make mistakes as married couples, but Lord, you can redeem that. And so Lord, we pray over that today. We pray, Father, for 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 vibrancy, Lord. We pray, God, that you would restore, Lord, the 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 attraction, Lord, the 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 happiness, the the excitement, the friendship that was once there, Lord, that that God, they wouldn't be just married partners, but Lord, they would be best friends. And so, Lord, we thank you, God, for all that you're gonna do. And Lord, we pray over those marriages, Lord, that that might be struggling today. Lord, not knowing if they can continue on. Lord, we we speak to them right now. Lord, we come against the enemy. And Lord, we pray that you would do a mighty work in their lives today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and his church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday evenings at 7.00. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.